that sometimes I just get angry for no reason. And I, I don't get it. I don't get mm. it. But I also do, like, I'm much quicker to recognize it. I'm much quicker to put the tools in place that I learned through therapy. And I'm much quicker to calm down. You're listening to the Be Human podcast, where we break down what it means to be human. And if you like what you hear, share it with a friend, leave us a review, and make sure to tune back in next week. Uh, hey, fellow B. Uh, oh, shit. This is going to be <laughs> one of those episodes. <laughs> no, I am so tired. All that to say, I'm super excited to have Danny on this episode. Uh, this is going to be an episode I've been looking forward to uh, since when we started thinking about having people on. For those who don't know, I met Danny in 2017. 2018, I was immediately drawn to her energy and to the fact that she was full of spunk and creativity. And you could tell that she was so passionate and I would even say feisty. And we're going to reclaim the word feisty. I don't know if you all have a negative connotation on that word, but it just to me showed that she was just so determined and so willing to uh, make sure that she was heard. And I hope y'all are ready. Sit down, whatever you're doing, if you're walking, turn the volume up because this is about to be bomb. It's going to be a good one. So here we go. But yeah, so uh, my name's Danny, um, Daniela uh, Espino. I am a physical therapist, running coach, and I recently just started my practice, Air PR last year, February 2020. So that on its own was a huge challenge. Definitely one of the biggest thing, things I've, I've gone through in my life. And uh, yeah, I primarily work with, with runners in Atlanta. And a big portion of my business is really the community involvement piece of it. So um, I actually started a run club last year, um, just as a way wow. to give people a chance to connect during, you know, COVID, COVID times. And yeah, so now the whole focus of my practice this year is what can I do to, to give back to my community? And that's something mm-hmm. that's always resonated with me. And that's what I want the, my practice to be known for more so than anything. Danny, you have an amazing story and you are doing so much for yourself and for the community in Atlanta. I absolutely love it. I'm wondering, how did you come to this place? Tell us a little bit about your story and some of the struggles you've encountered. Yeah, so coincidentally, that where where you and me met, Brie, was... um that was literally a couple months after me and my wife went through one of the biggest struggles, the biggest struggles I've had in my life. Growing up, I had a strong character, very passionate about what I do. And then always with the mentality of like, you cannot fail. You want to be a winner. You want to be a loser. So with that being said, a lot of times when I did find myself into struggles, part of being Hispanic, you don't really talk about stuff and you don't really seek out therapy. Like you deal, like my parents would say, you deal, you deal with your stuff behind closed doors. That's how you say it in Spanish. As a matter of fact, at least in my family, for a while, therapy was seen as something like, well, if you're going to therapy, why are you even with this person? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't get it. So that was definitely a struggle I had to go with my own family. But um, yeah, so with that being said, alcohol has always been a big trigger for me. And again, whether it's part of my culture, whether it's my family, every single time we're together, we're drinking. So I've always mm-hmm. associated drinking with like celebrating, like just drink, keep drinking, keep drinking, keep drinking. But um, a big issue that I've struggled with since I was a kid was sort of my anger management. It's I can't explain it. I don't know if you've gone through this, but when I get mad, I get like this rage inside and I can't control it. 
to the mm-hmm. point that I used to be like, I, I don't even know, like, it's just going to go away when it goes away. And I would just sit in it and it would just keep boiling and boiling. Uh, but the problem is obviously with alcohol, your um, <laughs> rational mind mm-hmm. is blurred as it is. Um, so yeah, there was an incident three years ago where um, the fact that I'm still here, let's say that definitely my guardian angel was with me that night because I could easily not be here right now talking with you guys. From the moment I met my wife, she was like, you need to go to therapy. You need to go to therapy to deal with your anger. And I was like, no, 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 no. Because again, with the way I was brought up. But um, after this incident, um, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I somehow am still alive. Like I absolutely need help. So mm-hmm. that kind of brought me to talk to my therapist. And she was like, hey, you know, why don't you try DBT? Which is um, dialectical behavioral therapy. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know. Sure. And then finally, I, I went to a group. So basically what DBT is, it um, it's a year, I had to commit to a year long process and they teach you how to kind of be present in the moment. So with your emotions, whatever you're dealing with, um, you have to be able to tolerate those emotions. And then it teaches you the skills to deal with those emotions, but also um, communicate with others that you're going through something. So I guess the best way to kind of put it is, maybe give you an example. So for me, again, back to the whole emotional stuff, like it would be a point that my, my emotions would get so high that I couldn't rationalize anymore. And, you know, that would lead to whether it was me throwing stuff against the wall, banging doors, like, you know, unfortunately there was a couple occasions, like I said, I did try to take, take my own life. That was in again, whole story behind that, but, um, I didn't know how to, how to cope. So that was definitely rough. And then with my wife in this instance, like she didn't feel safe around. And that was the first thing I needed to do was make sure she felt safe. And for her, that meant I needed to stop drinking. Now, like that was hard for me because my whole life, it's like, oh, drinking's fun. Like you were celebrating, keep drinking, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then so you I sure you're not Irish? I feel like <laughs> I mean, honestly, this, this is just resonating a lot with me, Daddy. Honestly, I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> like, but <laughs> I guess the Hispanics and the Irish. Partly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hispanics, Hispanics and the Irish have a lot in common. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Oh my wow. god. Yeah, it's a struggle. My God, like trying to be and uh, you know, there is some alcoholism in my family, but um, so I knew I had those tendencies. Yeah, so I quit alcohol and then DBT. Um, the biggest tool I got from there was like if you think of a scale zero to ten, zero being you're fine, ten you're about to explode. So what I had to learn was I needed to recognize when I started getting mad. And to me, that was pretty easy to do because it was like my heart started going, like I started feeling my blood boiling. So I had some physical signs and then I had to, so for me, like let's say that was like a six out of 10 scale. At that point, if I got even higher, there was no going back. There's no going back after that. So once before we reach that boiling point, you need to be able to like, Hey, I'm going through this and start. Um, trying to manage it. For me, the way that we came up with my wife was if I got to a point, I'd be like, hey, I need I need to step away. So I would walk away, throw walk, cold water in your face. That's definitely a thing, like a skill that they teach you, like throwing cold water, ice water to calm your nervous system down. And then I would be like, okay, now I'm ready to talk again. But it was that communicating piece that made the difference because I used to just walk away. And then my wife, yeah, she's great, but she's a little 
<laughs> she gets a little intense. She adds fuel to the fire. She adds fuel <laughs> to the fire. She pokes the bear. Yeah. Yeah. She pokes the bear. So, uh, so she was definitely like, it's not like where she's perfect either, but, um, yeah. but I, I did feel safe with her. So, so basically communicating with, was the biggest thing with, um, with that. And then we would come back and then talk through the situation. Um, so we, I just needed a timeout. Um, mm-hmm. so that was the biggest thing that I got from DBT was calming myself down and communicate. <laughs> what was something that maybe DBT revealed that was hard for you to swallow? Man, shit that I should have been in DBT my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Um, That I really did have a problem with alcohol. Um, that it was more than just a social thing for me, that it was a sort of a, a coping mechanism at times um, and a way to forget things and get lost in the moment. So that was definitely hard to accept. And yeah, I, like recognizing that I truly needed help. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Danny, kind of curious. So it's, so as you mentioned that you're kind of drinking again now in moderation. Do you think you've just been able to get to a stage where the relationship is is much healthier because the relationship you have with yourself is much healthier. Yeah. So um, um, at some point along the way, I don't know at what point, but I my relationship with alcohol changed in the sense that I started noticing, which this is kind of common sense, but if I didn't drink, for example, on a Friday night, like Saturday, I had a great run. So I was much more productive in life. So I kind of trying to take that spin of like, okay, well, if I don't drink, I'm much more productive in life. And also like I was still able to have fun when I went out, which a lot of mm-hmm. times is like I drank because I thought I needed a drink to have fun. But like we were out dancing and I'm, I'm still having a blast. Um, so I yeah. just don't feel like I have a different view on alcohol um, in my life. And I am able to better um, control my, my emotions and whatnot. So. Got it. So you mentioned before that, um, you know, you're, you're, kind of from your past your dad has said you're either a winner or you're a loser and there was it was you know I'm, I'm kind of I'd love to kind of learn a little bit more about that relationship where how it kind of carried on through your life and do you think it was part of why you just went to that dark place where you're I'm either winning and I'm happy or I'm failing and I don't want anything to do with this can you kind of speak to that a little bit more growing up like I just think it was Yes, I always felt like I always had to be winning. Like I always had to be number one at everything I did, no matter what it took. And so when I did find myself in those dark spots, it was like, because I had failed at some, um, and I didn't know how to deal with that, right? Instead of mm-hmm. being like, all right, I failed at this, but there's an opportunity here to grow. I still hadn't pieced that part together. So a lot of my issues, I think, did stem from that. Um, and my mom remember, she's like, as silly as it sounds, but being being little and like I would mess up in my homework and I would completely like lose my shit and like rip my homework up and start all over again. Um, or like there was the time I tried out for a dance team and like I always made the dance team, always made the sports team, everything. And I didn't make it. And my mom's like, you freaking lost your shit. I didn't know how to how to cope. Um, uh, running is definitely both, I would say, uh, a positive and, ne- and a negative for me. Um, it's definitely what I do to cope when I am mm-hmm. mad, when I'm sad, whatever, I'm happy. <laughs> um, I just run. But again, I, I can go to the extremes with it, which isn't healthy either. And then, I mean, this is just COVID. So I wasn't really, and I was trying to run a business. I wasn't really following a plan, but my running was sporadic everywhere. So I was going through so much stress that I was just like, run, 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 or not at all. So I couldn't find a balance to that. Um, which isn't good either. 
yeah, for, yeah. yeah. And, and for a long time, like I would really identify, like you asked me, oh, what are you? Oh, I'm a runner. Like if running was my identity and like, you know, this year I was, I asked myself, well, what would happen if I just stopped running? Like, and I don't know what would happen. I don't know who I am without running outside of running. I do feel like running is meant to be something with like my mission in this world. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, is something that I'm navigating through now, but I don't know. I don't know myself outside of, outside of running. Kevin, can you relate to that? Did you know yourself outside of weightlifting and being a bodybuilder? Uh, so much of your story relates to me, Danny. Like it's so much of it. it honestly, it's, it's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're a clone of me, except you're a queer Hispanic lady. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> that's that's basically what i'm hearing here (laughs) yeah so so i wonder too i've kind of for me weightlifting has always been my thing i've i've just been very reliant on that as my stress reliever as well a couple if you were to ask me a couple of years ago hey if you weren't able to weightlift tomorrow or or lift weights or, or exercise what would happen and i think i'd be in a very, very similar situation to yourself. I wouldn't know who, who I was or who I am. And I, and I think there's still a big part of me, but I think I've been over the years, I've just added more and more of these new, I suppose, strings to the bow that allow me to kind of fall back on them. If I, if something does happen. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy, right? Cause it's not like running is my career. Like I'm not a professional runner. <laughs> right mm-hmm. like if I would understand if it's my livelihood so that's what I struggle with because I'm like right now it's I just I'm just running to run for stress right for exercise I'm not training for anything um which is completely unlike me granted mm. there's not that many races going on but uh my whole life I've always operated on like set a goal do what it takes reach it next goal next goal mm-hmm. next goal. and and Danny is being kind in terms of I think you ran the Boston Marathon yeah but you know yeah I, 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 I ran in college and I definitely yeah I, I still have some running goals I have but it's like again it's not my profession so what is the big deal if I stop running is what I ask mm. myself now well, I mean, if I was to look at your situation, I think what you're doing, you mean, you have a business, you have a community, you have an, <laughs> an incredible mission. So I kind of feel like that is now your, you know, if if rolling, running for yourself was to fall through, you now have that to fall back on. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, you're having a, a much larger impact because you're able to create this community and this business around what you love. So I think that's that's pretty incredible. Thank you. And that's exactly kind of what I was dabbling with because it's like, all right, maybe I need to take a step back of my own running so I could mm. focus on everybody else or developing what I want to do. It, it sounds silly, right? Because it's just 30 minutes a day, but <laughs> or an yeah. hour a day that you're running. Um, but it, I think it's more so like I really want to reshape my identity. Like I don't want to be like, yeah, I'm a runner. Mm. Like I don't want to keep describing myself that way. Um, that's really interesting and not in a negative way right because i'm so blessed that i can run i am happy that i'm healthy am able to run like i do not take that for granted ever um but i think it's i'm at the point that it's taking it to the next level outside of myself hey danny i'm I'm curious so since you've started doing the therapy and since you start sort of it sounds like you've started to turn around your you know your experience or your relationship with anger and alcohol you know have there been any sort of relapses where you've been 
pulled back into it. And I'm curious to hear, you know, how you've dealt with that. Yeah. Um, so not to the point, like ever since I started DVT therapy and it was the best thing I could have done for my marriage. Like it's, you know, social media only shows the perfect picture, perfect couple, whatever that you want to see. Um, mm-hmm. nobody really knows what we went through, but, um, that was the best thing I could have done. And I promised myself, like, if she took me back, like I would never go back to that point. So I haven't relapsed in that sense for towards like alcoholism. I haven't had any more outbursts like that. Um, tamper tantrums, you can call them. But what I still do have a struggle with, and I think this is going to be, um, you know, a thing that I deal with at all times is that sometimes I just get angry for no reason. And I, I don't get it. I don't get mm. it. But I also do like, I'm much quicker to recognize it. I'm much quicker to put the tools in place that I learned through therapy and I'm much quicker to calm down. But just this morning, it happened to me, right? Like, you know, those days that you wake up, it's going to be a beautiful day. And all of a sudden a glass breaks, the dog pees everywhere. And you're like, what the hell is going on universe? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure, I mean, so many people must go through this, right? But um, I am much quicker at recognizing it and being able to like snap out of it. That's awesome. Danny, I'm curious. So what did what did you learn from from the struggle? What did you learn about yourself, about life, about relationships? Um, one, I really wish someone had told me about DBT earlier. I always thought this, my mom would always say, you're just like your dad. Um, so like my biological father, I really am just like him in terms of the intensity, the anger stuff. But I thought it was something that I had to kind of live with in a sense. Mm. So I definitely learned that one, I'm, as you can tell, I'm a huge advocate for DBT. I think that anybody could benefit from it. It's such, so useful. And I, I learned that it's it's okay to be vulnerable and, and seek for help and also be communicate with your family. Like um, I had never told my parents any of the struggle. Um, after this one incident, Christina was like, you need to tell them what happened. And so I did. Um, and I've never been closer to my family because they knew what I was going through and they were there to support me. Wow. Um, so you don't have to always appear to be tough so i hope it sheds light on like hey everybody has shit their shit they're going through um it's just kind of how you move forward with it that's powerful um and i know you have one last question brie i suppose before that uh danny i'm curious you know what what advice would you give to somebody going through similar situation to yourself Uh, yeah that's a good question um i definitely what what helped me was like really sitting down and being like, if you don't change, you're going to lose, you're going to lose in my case, her, right. You're going to lose her. Um, so I think it's really, um, and then the other thing is understanding, like what I was going through wasn't just because of her, it's stuff that's personal to me. So whether it's her, whether it's another woman, it was just going to keep being a cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think people really need to take responsibility for what they're going through and understand that it's, their own stuff it's not anybody else to, of course there's at times that you know people have done things to to you to i get that but in a day like you can only change you and you can't change others and you need to break the cycle and do whatever it takes to get the help you need to you know kind of set you up for what you want to what you want to do nobody wants to live you know unhappy or in any sort of struggle right but we can definitely um take responsibility and, and take action that's brilliant. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Before we go, what does it mean for you to be human? Yeah. My God. I feel like this question has kept me up all, all week. <laughs> 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 it's so crazy. 
Yeah. So, you know, I really try to put it in words. I feel like it's one of those questions that you just, you know, you can't put into words. Um, but what I would really did resonate with me and what I think I operate with everything I do is just behave in a way that you're always kind and trying to uplift others um, is what really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. And Danny, where can we find you? Where can people find you at? Yeah. So you can follow my Instagram. It's um, my practice's name, air, A-I-R-E um, dot P-T to P-R. And then on Facebook, you can just uh, find me as my name, Daniela Espino Bribonario. So a mouthful there. <laughs> you might want to spell that out. <laughs> I like it. So spell that, spell that for me one more time. Air, A-I-R-P-T. A- A-I-R-E dot P-T to P-R. Danny, thank you so much for being on the show. Personally, I really really enjoyed this and so much of what you talked about resonated with me i hope it's the same for people listening uh fellow humans i hope you enjoyed it and took lots of nuggets of of information from danny's story and and again it all comes down being vulnerable i think there's so much power in that so thank you danny Uh, and for the for those listening if you liked what you heard please remember to subscribe Uh, leave a rating and share with somebody who's going to learn something from this i know this is going to resonate with a lot of people so please feel free to to share uh with somebody else who might need it